Theories of Gravity Falls creep into the non-animated world. This is the Gravity Bros Podcast, and I have a confession, Lou. Oh, <laughs> that, oh do that, you? I do. That is the first time that I've actually given that line, not reading it right in front of my face. And I didn't realize it until I clicked the record button. And I'm like, oh, man, can I do this off the cuff? Do I actually have it memorized <laughs> after doing it 40 times? And it turns out, well, yes, barely. I almost used the word transcend instead of the word creep. I had no idea that you were scripting, that you were reading off script this whole time. I'll, I'll, I'll confess myself. <laughs> yeah, in fact, the whole podcast is scripted. Not a single word that's been said by me this whole time has actually been planned. Can you believe that? I'm glad that it was both of us. <laughs> Good. Uh, no, actually, so that's the only thing uh, that's scripted. And then the, the ending would be scripted, where we sort of give the conclusion and the thanks. But even that, I would sort of, it would just look like a huge intimidating chunk of text. So I would kind of go off the cuff and just read whatever words I saw and try to hit the high points. There you go. I, I took notes for everything, but that's that was pretty much it. I'd skim them. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, I took hella notes for the episodes so that we could guide ourselves yeah. through really carefully. And yeah. uh, Hey, everybody, I hope you're having fun because this episode is going to be probably a big uh, peel the curtain back moment for everybody who's been sticking around with us. Um, And also a look back on how we felt about the show. Uh, We're going to go over Journal 4, all of those cryptids and weird things that we added over time. Um, Maybe add some new ones if we feel like things are missing, and I think there are some. Let's go. Uh, And uh, we're going to talk about who won the character points. Uh, it's funny, I teased it like several episodes ago. I was like, hey, audience, just so you know, I forgot to write down everything for season two like I did for season one. And if anybody wants to go back and just do me a favor, uh, <laughs> I would so appreciate not having to do that work myself. And then you said, you lazy curse word that I had to bleep out. That's you what I was going to say again. <laughs> you better go do that effing work and not make our audience do it. Oh my and god, did somebody do it for you? You won, Lou. Nobody did it, and I did. Let's go! You guys are the best! Best fans ever! Make it I, work! <laughs> I did do the legwork. I found out everything that we added to Journal 4, how many points we awarded everything. Um, Let's go. It, in terms of likelihood, and then how many points we gave to the characters. So I also would like to revoke an idea, like, 40 episodes too late, or however many it's been. What's that? You, in the beginning, said, we should just call this the Waddles Award for (laughs) the character points. And I came up with the brilliant idea of going with a mystery plaque, because it happened to rhyme with Shaq. And listen, just because something's a pun does not make it better. I would like to... Uh, denounce the mystery plaque and restore it to your idea of the Waddles Award. Really? I was going to say, oh, that sounds like a good idea. Let's do the plaque. I'll take the Waddles Award, though. That works. I like it better. And it turns out that Waddles didn't give any points. And that was my biggest concern is, wait, Waddles can get points. So can we give it to it? In fact, the fact that Waddles somehow didn't get any points feels even more fitting that the award name belongs to him, in my opinion. And the reason I think, I don't really remember, but the reason now that I'm thinking that that's a good idea is just because Waddles was an award for Mabel when she won a thing one time. Oh, also, I lied. Waddles has two points. Scrap everything. Wow. <laughs> Waddles, good. you I... didn't win your own award. Who gets Waddles points? Was that, was that, I, we don't know. Do you know? Yeah, that is one thing I didn't track as well. Okay. I, I only, uh, points. thank God. Yeah. Now, 
my question is okay but one person gave him two points and oh no actually no 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 we both gave him one point in episode nine i can prove that oh that makes sense it might have been his intro episode which yeah that's what i was thinking and then i remember yeah because no one else was very good in that oh well yeah because that was the time travel one that you took a ton of issues with in terms of the actual logistics oh and dipper and mabel were both terrible through most of it like making horrible decisions about the future oh yeah because dipper was doing everything to win over wendy i remember now (laughs) i'm terrible uh confirmed that was the waddle intro episode the time traveler's pig where uh grunkle stan got our two points because we thought dipper and mabel were bad were like bad at everything let's go uh wow this this is gonna be a trip down memory lane a little bit um i'm so excited to hear about uh all of these i i also am going to guess what what i rated all of the crew are we doing the cryptid review too yeah i actually was gonna suggest that exact thing gosh okay our minds dude uh (laughs) i just thought it'd be fun i'm like yo i want i want to see if i and i if i'm totally off i feel like i'm usually gonna guess what i thought generally but we'll see the heart the hard part as i was thinking about this there's gonna be times where we might have reasoned ourselves into something and if we look back on our reasoning, we'll be like, oh, wait, actually, we were right about what we said when we talked it through. Um, oh, I, I I don't know. We'll see. I, uh, I, I like to be consistent with my own logic. So this is going to be a point of way more pride for me than anybody expects. I, I do worry that that section might take a lot of time if we're not careful. So we might just have to do like a, a speed round where we, we see how it. close you can get. We can make it work. I, I'm here um, for it. We're not talking about any episodes, really, so we've, we've got time. Yeah, uh, and we'll we'll get to these games, and we'll get to our um, Journal 4 and the Waddles Award and uh, those types of things. But, Lou, can we start just by reflecting back a little bit? So, I don't know about you, this was the first time I rewatched Gravity Falls. So, I had seen it once, and then this was my first rewatch. What was the experience like for you? So, this was interesting because... Technically, it wasn't my first rewatch, but it was the first time I actually sat and watched every episode through canonically. Because when I originally watched it, I watched it, like, on TV. And you know how it is seeing stuff on TV. You kind of get bits and pieces, unless you're, like, really, really avid about making it on time. Um, There might have even been one or two episodes that I had never seen, but I don't quite remember. Um, If so, I maybe only saw them once or didn't remember them well. But yeah, this was the only time that I went through and and watched it episode by episode canonically with intent. You know what I mean? Like, I never sat down and binged the series with a friend or anything. Um, And for that, I thought that it was... It's so funny that the way that you watch something changes how you experience it, right? Because when people write a cable television show, they write it with the intent that you're watching it on cable. When people write a Netflix show, they write it with the intention that they know that you're going to be able to binge the whole thing. You know what I mean? Like, there's a sense of, well, if if it's done well, there's a sense of awareness of how it's going to be consumed, right? Because yeah. um, it affects how you pace it. It affects whether you write it more like, you know, episodic versus more, yeah, I mean, there, there's a lot of factors that go into it. Um, and I think that uh, Gravity Falls did a really good job at making a show that you can watch on cable somewhat randomly and in scattered orders while also weaving a good narrative. Um, And actually, I think that that's something that makes this show, Steven Universe and Adventure Time, actually stand out above so many other cartoons that were existing at the time. 
it wasn't just because they had an, a running narrative. It was that they had a running narrative, but they did it in a way that worked for cable so that people could experience it without needing the running narrative and still get bits and pieces as they go. But those who decided to participate in the fandom were rewarded so heavily because yeah. it paid off one week at a time or sometimes totally. longer if there was a gap. And because of these running narratives that had a lot of mystery and intrigue going on, it yeah. allowed them to speculate. And it's interesting because I am somebody who I, I've always said I don't like binging things. This is a very, very, very weird scenario that may never happen to me again where I actually did the reverse of what I think I would normally do. I binged Gravity Falls the first time I watched it with my wife. We were Oh, okay. Yeah, we were really into it. You recommended it and immediately yeah. we fell in love with the show. Yeah. Um I, and I now, knew it was, yeah, of course. And, and now this time I did what probably most of the true Gravity Falls fans from back in the day did, which is I watched it one at a time. Yeah, almost uh, weekly, so, somewhat weekly. Yeah, almost weekly, except for when we had things going on. Yeah, and then I guess yeah. it became bi-weekly toward the end. Um, and I actually feel like the show surprisingly, um, I can't believe I'm saying this, does work well on a binge. Um, yeah, yeah, that's I, what I was thinking. I didn't binge it this time, but I, I, I agree. Like, it's actually very exciting to see everything as it's going really fast, but that's because the fandom had already had a chance to find everything out. I feel like... yeah if the sample size hadn't already existed and this just got released and suddenly they just released two seasons for everybody to watch and they had all these mysteries, I think I would have been really disappointed because I would have been like, oh, you didn't give me any chance to let this marinate. Um, and I feel this way about certain shows now. Oh, you know, I didn't think about it like that. You're right. Like you could not actually have done Gravity Falls without a week in between because there'd be no mystery at all. You could just, yeah. it's all released. All the answers are there already. And any fandom who figured it out, they would have figured it out in a day and through the whole 10 episodes because people are obsessed like that. Okay, so I, I want to bring up a point just philosophically on the binge model because I don't hate binging shows, but I do hate binge releases. Like, I, I think it's fine to watch an entire show in one go. Like, that, if you want to, that's fine. You might get a lot out of it, right? Yeah. But if you release an entire show in one go and you're kind of like almost being like, hey, hey, watch it all at once. Just watch it all at once. If you don't, you'll be behind. Like, I think that's terrible. I, I hate that. Like, I, I think that pacing out your shows one or two at a time, at least, I think even two at a time, like, like ha has been hotel just finished. And it felt like a blink of an eye in how fast it went by in comparison to hell of a boss, which is giving us so much time to create culture in between episodes. You know, and I, I prefer it that way. You know, I think Hell of a Boss is going to have more. Uh, I don't know. I think one of the reasons Hasbin Hotel did so well is because Hell of a Boss was able to spend so much time creating culture and hype. You know what I mean? I think that's an excellent, excellent point. Um, I, I love how you contextualized that with binge releases versus binge views. Because... I do hate the binge release even more than I hate binge yeah. viewing because it puts pressure on the experience and sort of makes me want to not yeah. watch it personally. Yeah, and, and content creators. I'm speaking out of pure greed here. I hate <laughs> when, you know, like a show that I like, like Scott Pilgrim versus the world. We could have talked about that show for a month and how good it was, but now let's just release the whole season at once. Everyone can give their opinion and then never talk about it again. That was a phenomenal show, but no one's going to care about it because of the way it was released. 
Yeah, you know, I might be, you know, miscategorizing history a little bit here, but I do remember when Stranger Things came out on Netflix, and that was one of the first big Netflix original shows where they dropped everything at once, everybody got real hyped, and I yeah. don't want to attribute it straight to Stranger Things because I'm sure that there are other shows that did it successfully before that, yeah. but it really felt like that was a cultural shift in everybody's getting hyped about all these episodes at once at the same time, and it worked for that show. But yeah. I, I couldn't tell yeah. you why it worked for that show and doesn't work for others exactly. I bet I could if I really sat down and tried to analyze it. Oh, I mean, just for surface level thought, Stranger Things still gives you cliffhangers because it had such a long story to tell still. I you mean, in it. terms of in between <laughs> seasons? Yeah, like Stranger Things has like a lot of seasons, right? Yeah, and I mean, it did suck you in and make you want to watch everything. But I ran into the same problem of nobody was at the same pace of me yep. watching it when yep. I tried to watch the first season and I didn't like that um uh, it, I think it was actually, fun for others yeah I mean I think that that's the big downfall and, you know I think streaming services are figuring that out slower than I was expecting them to mm -hmm. you know they figured I think they had to bury a couple amazing shows that should have been absolutely out of this world everybody knew about it and loved it like we did for Avatar the Last Airbender but you know for some reason they didn't factor in pacing like release pacing. A lot of times people can criticize a show for its pacing, not realizing that the release order makes a huge difference. A great example also is manga, right? Like comic books. Because if, if you read a manga weekly, like I do for One Piece, it feels like there's so much going on in so much time. But if you binge read the manga, it feels like it all happens in the blink of an eye. And it's a really different experience. Yeah. You know? And it's like, there's good reasons, or I guess there's pros and cons to both. But at the end of the day, mm -hmm. I do think that releasing things slowly, it just is a better model because it stops everything from being so accelerated that the hype just dies. Yeah. And I know that there's always exceptions to the rule. Like I said, Stranger Things comes out in batches and it's wildly popular and it has a dedicated fandom. Yeah. But you are like... I think especially for animation, this is true. You remember when we got yeah. really into Centaur World uh, yeah. on Netflix? That was the first show that we actually experienced success on YouTube with. Yep. And the fandom for that was rabid. People loved it so much. And we understood why after we started watching. Yeah. Imagine the lifespan that that show could have had if they had released it an episode at a time. It would have been so much more successful. If you're a Centaur World fan, you should be mad at Netflix. If you're a fan of any literal animated show that's been on Netflix, you should be mad at Netflix. Because they've buried all of them. There is no hope for getting, you know, re-releases of Cuphead or Dead End or Centaur World. We're never, or Kipo, we're never going to get those IPs again. You know, Hilda is a, is a super lucky, you know? Yeah. Hilda like, survived through three seasons, which is cool. I mean, so did Kipo, to be yeah. fair, but they did it faster. Yeah, She-Ra she had a good run. It did, but again, the thing is, times are changing, and that's kind of what I wanted to ask you about today, actually, at, you know, because this experience with Gravity Falls really made me appreciate the value of a really well-made, deep lore show in animation yeah. that can sort of sustain itself over time. I know it's not dead completely because streaming services are turning a corner a little bit. Percy yeah. Jackson and the Olympians was released pretty much an episode at a time. And it was very yeah. good, I thought. The Traders is a show on Peacock that they released the first three episodes at once, but now are doing it one at a time. And there's huge hype for that show right now. Um, but 
I'm not seeing this in Gravity Falls type shows. I'm not seeing a Gravity Falls type or a Steven Universe type anywhere. And that no. makes me a little concerned. You know, I, and I also think, I'm going to take Invin Invincible as an example, right? Invincible had a huge break in between like the first couple episodes of its next, of season two. And however many are coming out in March, right? Yeah. And a lot of people complained. Like so many people are like, I'm so mad that the we have to wait this long. And it's like, you're not even waiting as long as most of us waited for a new season of any cartoon we had growing up. You know, like three months. Like, yeah. Jesus, are, are we that panhandled right here? Like, I, I don't think that people, I mean, it's classic America or classic, you know, marketing psychology. People don't actually know what they want, usually. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's fair. If, if you ask somebody if they could have the good thing over and over and over again, whatever X good thing is, they'll just take it endlessly until they die. You know what I mean? Or until they're no longer interested because the, uh, yeah, you know, until they the excitement it. dies off. Right. Exactly. And, and I think the problem is a lot of streaming services. I, I don't know how it happened, but there was just this hype that every, and there's also a misnomer of like internet time, right? Like, oh, if yeah. you wait a week in between your shows releasing, you know, nobody cares about it anymore. It's like, no, that's not true. Like, I, I can't say this enough. One Piece is like one of the most popular stories on the planet. They beat everything in terms of comic book sales, in terms of animation sales. They are dominating Netflix right now in their release schedule for new content. And it's because it's a show that comes out weekly and has done so consistently for like 20 years. Yeah, and that's on a streaming service. Yeah, and they're not doing season batches. They're not releasing an entire... Well, actually, no, it's not originally on a streaming service. Um, no, Originally, right. but... every episode is coming out weekly. In in the manga, it's coming out weekly in Shonen Jump. And for TV, it's coming out weekly. I don't actually know where One Piece is. I'm reading the manga right now. I'm not actually caught up on the anime yet. <laughs> well, and we know that they're going to be rebooting it. Well, not quite rebooting, but kind of rebooting. remaking it. You yeah, re rebooting is the right word? Um... I guess so. I mean, it's going to be the same story. Uh, I don't I don't know the details of if we're going to be getting new voice actors or like, I know we're getting a different animation studio and I'm actually hyped for the animation studio that's doing it. Um, and then we have the live action too, which I mean, that did two episodes a week for a little bit. And the hype around the one live action one piece was huge. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that again, with really big products that are getting people talking, I think the streaming services understand that this makes sense. But there's another part of this discussion here, which is streaming services versus cable and whether cable itself is going to be dead completely. Because oh, I think they, cable's already dead. Well, th so, I mean, it's not dead in the sense that it's still active, you know. Sure, I'm talking, I mean, radio is still active too, though. Sure, but I'm talking like dead, dead, pretty much to the point I mean, where nobody's watching cable anymore, and that we're not there yet. We're, we may be trending no, that way, no, but no. even then, I I think that people might turn around because it's becoming so expensive to keep up with all the streaming services. Um, no, I don't think I don't think cable's coming back. There's no way. Well, here here's so I guess forgetting for a second about. Uh, which one is dead and which one is not. I do want to talk about the fact that they make their money so differently. Yeah, and they do. I mean, that's that. That's what I was going to say is nobody cares. Nobody wants commercials anymore because they know they don't have to have them. 
So I do think that shows like Gravity Falls uh, succeed on cable because they have ad revenue to make based on uh, the way that they're releasing things. Yeah, totally. Um, But that same incentive doesn't quite exist. I mean, ads are available on streaming services depending on which package that you get. But essentially, the services are trying to make their money based on how many people subscribe and how many people stay subscribed. So... Yeah, there's going to be instances where if people are only subscribing to watch one show, they'll stretch it out. But aside from that, they're just trying to have enough content on there that appeals to enough niche audiences that people will continue giving them money. And I worry that animation is never... The kind of animation like Gravity Falls is rarely going to be the kind of thing that gets enough attention to get the weekly releases. Like, they might just have animation on, oh, we need to make sure that we have animation options for the people who like that, but we're yeah. not going to release... Like, we're not going to give a chance for a fandom to develop, which is a big mistake, I think, but I worry that it is kind of the trend. You know, we, you mentioned landmark things, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Like Stranger Things made everybody do some something, right? Hasbin Hotel broke Amazon Prime Records. And I don't think that big streaming services aren't going to take note of that. You know, okay, what I, I think Hasbin's a great example. And yeah, it's, it's the best example. It's the most popular show out there other than like Rick and Morty in terms of new cartoons. Well, and I, let me give Amazon Prime some credit for a second because Lord knows I'm not going to give Amazon uh, props for much. Yeah, um, but I, I actually hate saying that I have to support Amazon Prime for has been because I hate Amazon with a burning passion. Well, because they've nailed it with several animated series. True. Um, they have. They Legend of Vox Machina, Invincible, yep. Yep. and now Has Been Hotel have all been yeah. home runs for them. And they, because they understand yeah. their audience. Um, yep. And, you know, there's even some others that they've worked on that have at least received some popularity with fandoms. Uh, yeah. But they're all, yeah. they're all very adult, which is another part of the, the discussion a little bit, because I personally, I do like, like, I love Legend of Vox Machina because I love Dungeons and Dragons and Critical Role and this stuff. Um, but most of the time, I don't gravitate toward those things. I grab, I grab, talk about grava gravity. How do, how am I going to make this a pun? <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, gravitate falls. All right, I didn't get there. Sorry, everybody. Wow. Uh, <laughs> I I like Gravity Falls and Steven Universe and these shows that are more family friendly because they are just not quite so intense. And I like things that just make me feel good or make me a little bit more at ease in what is a very stressful world. Uh, and, and I think um, maybe maybe the thing that I'm really sad about is the shows that I like of that genre. I'm not seeing those anymore. Like, are we ever going to get another show like Steven Universe or Gravity Falls? I don't know. Oh, absolutely we will. I um, mean, Owl House was great, but it was still cable and yeah, it's on the go. tail. But if you think cable's dead, I don't know. I mean, I mean, it yeah, was I guess... also on Disney Plus, though, and, and also on YouTube. They even released a lot of it on YouTube. Which did extremely well. Um, I Even a company like Disney, though, they've survived on making great new original content, but now they're afraid to do it because the hits are what people are playing. I mean, and, they didn't make any great original content in 2023. I'll tell you that right now. See, and that's the thing is it feels like they're going to get pushed more and more toward just rebooting and sequeling properties. Uh, and not just them, but I think a lot of places, you know, they want to take what people already know and give them something that they haven't seen before that ends up getting a lot of hype.
and which is, you know, it can be fun. Don't get me wrong. I like fan service too, but I think creating fresh original content is becoming a lot harder. And as soon as companies are worried about making money, then it becomes less and less likely that they are going to be creative. Well, I think there's also an awareness, and specifically in terms of like the kinds of shows you're talking about, there's an awareness of a demographic change, right? Mm -hmm. You and I liked those shows when we were kids, right? Yes. It means the kids who grew up on cartoons, they are adults now. Right. And there's a reason why adult cartoons are doing really well. Not that The Simpsons and Family Guy didn't do well back then. They did well. The Simpsons broke some records, I'm pretty sure. Um... But the thing is, the quality of, of and expectations of what we want to see are so different, right? We, Disenchantment is a show that existed on Netflix, and people watched it as their lazy background content, but no one was passionate about it. Nobody thought it was that funny. You know what I mean? Um, it, and it, it, you could tell that it tried to, like, it's trying to get a plot line going so that, because it, it can't just do episodic nonsense like Family Guy anymore. Yeah. You know, that, that people won't watch more of that. That's old. You know, they're, they're tired of it. There's better stuff. It's not just because it's been done and, and people are tired of it because there's so much of it. It's because there's better stuff out now. People like seeing consistent narratives. You know, I'm talking about uh, companies noticing that uh, One Piece is doing so well. Like, anime in general, like, dominates sometimes any streaming service. You know yeah, what I mean? People are and, starting to understand that more and more. And and the reason is because anime has complex, long-running narratives that people can get invested in and find tons of more personality in than these, you know, one-off projects that get canceled in an, in an afternoon. Like well, Netflix e did the disservice of canceling everything because it didn't do well season one, you know? And films too, like The Boy and the Heron just broke box office records as an anime film, which is super, super awesome to see. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I the, you know... Companies are going to realize, like, I would love to see Disney do a hand, you know, hand-drawn animated thing, you know. They, I've been hearing the excuse that it's just so much easier and cheaper to do hand-draw, or to do CGI stuff. And I'm like, I'm sorry, The Boy and the Heron killed all of your films in terms of success. Uh, yeah. I believe somebody drew most of that. <laughs> <laughs> totally. And I mean, I don't know all the nuances of animation, but... Same. Uh, no, you're right. I mean, there is an appetite still for creativity and you're right anime is doing the things that maybe the west wishes they could do uh oh, it's yeah. a little bit more adult but i think that there's definitely space there's also family-friendly anime that lots of people love pokemon honestly just oh, to, yeah. like throw out the most basic one though um, we got to admit pal world is uh is decimating pokemon right now too well okay i i'm not gonna get into that at the moment that's it we are now <laughs> approaching video games so uh i mean Pal World's just got more to it. Dis Pokemon, once this is the problem, Disney is falling into this too, right? The audience is going to notice if you just start relying on your IPs. Yeah, you, I mean, you need to eventually. make fresh stuff. Eventually, well, that's the thing. It's like, let's say I bought Disney Plus, and over the next year, I watched all of the classic Disney movies and shows that I like. Why do I keep Disney Plus? Well, I'm not making anything new that I care about. Well, they are making new things, but they're making a lot of new things based on other properties. Or yeah. it, it, sometimes that's a book. Like Percy Jackson is off a book series. Is that um, Disney? Yeah. Oh, I didn't even know. <laughs> yeah, no, and it's been really good. Uh, but this is this is interesting, and it's going to be fun to track it going forward. I, I yeah. you know, you can sort of talk me into it. I do believe that we will have more shows like Gravity Falls. Um, oh, yeah. I don't. 
you know, I, I think that it just is a matter of the right time and the right platform. And I think that people will be able to fall in love with it too. Um, you know, you can't underestimate the power of a fandom. And uh, I do think the companies at least know that. So they will try to do what they can uh, to, yeah. to do whatever they can to make money. And I think that uh, Avatar will be interesting to see how that develops. Avatar Last Airbender canon, series, whatever. Yeah, I am also interested. You mean the animated part specifically, right? With the different I animated think, series? I think both, because if the live action does well, I think it's still... It, it's like the One Piece live action, right? It helps Good grow live, the fandom. Yeah, it helps grow the fandom, and it gives credibility to animated stuff. Because this is the thing. Anybody who saw the live action who's seen both knows that the, the anime and the manga are better. You know what I mean? Sure. Because there's just too many limitations in live action for a cartoon to be that good as live action. But if you could take a cartoon, you can milk some extra money out of it. That speaks volumes for the cartoon industry. You feel me? Yeah, well, and I guess you're making me change my stance on that. Because in the past, I've almost felt like annoyed at the any any live action creation of an animated property because it's usually feels, terrible that's why well, it actually does not have to do with the quality more so than it's as an animation fan it's personally irritating especially when it's good because everybody's like whoa have y'all seen avatar the last airbender have you ever seen one piece and obviously you know sometimes people have seen both but other times it's yeah. like oh i've never seen this but now i'm interested because it's not animated and I mean, as far as I, if it's me. if it's done well, this is as, as a One Piece lover, right? I think One Piece is absolutely phenomenal. And I think it's it's one of the greatest stories ever told. Not necessarily one of the best anime ever, but one of the greatest stories ever told. Mm -hmm. And I recognize that it's a very long series for people to get into. And if if making it bite-sized for people whose brains aren't quite there to experience it in long form and they get to have a fraction of the joy that I have, I'm still happy for them, you know? You know, that's the right mentality. Uh, and it really, honestly, I hate to admit it, it's a little bit gatekeepy of me. Uh, oh, to, I didn't think about it that way. You know, to be bothered by that. It, it's because, like, I love animation, and I feel like people are often disrespecting it as a medium, and they won't even give it the time of day because they're too interested in things that are live action, even though you've completely, like, discounted a form of art. Um, and yeah, it, it's always going to be something that's maybe like a little bit of a bug, but ultimately it is better for the property that more people are finding it. And if it's Absolutely. something that you love and you want to see it succeed and you want to see the artists that created it succeed, then it's something to rally around, I think. So I'm going to tie this back in. Let's say we're in an alternate universe where the week that we're recording this, we get an announcement for a live action Gravity Falls. Wow. Oh, Wow. How would you feel about that? I think it would depend a lot on the direction and who was making it. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, totally, totally, totally. And um, I can't speak for if it would be good or not. That's giving too much. Because we don't know if it would be good. It's just announced, right? Because of the discussion that we just had, I would be more willing to give it a chance than my immediate reaction may have been before we talked today. Okay, so I have a thought. So you know how I said a good a good uh, live action. The the problem with adapting things to live action is that you lose so much. There's too many limitations. You can't make stuff look good, right? I'm gonna mm -hmm. take Aladdin as a good example, right? The characters in Aladdin were so animated, 
You know what I mean? Like in yeah. the original movie, their movement was impressive. They had so much life to them, the color, the vibrance. You simply cannot mimic that and even hope to come close in live action. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. it, it's something that's just better in an animated format to have this genie to have. I mean, Aladdin has some of the most beautiful color and lighting in any animated film of all time to this day, right? Yeah. You just can't, you can't come close. Even, it doesn't matter who does it. It's just not going to come close. Gravity Falls is a show that I feel like could do a great job as live action until the finale. And then everyone would hate the finale because you can't make it as cool as it was in the cartoon. There's just no way. Yeah. Unless it was totally reinvented. I mean, I think that you're right. The idea of a Gravity Falls type show with this type of mystery could lend itself really well to all kinds of forms. I would be interested in seeing them explore different themes, how they would try to bring yeah. these different cryptids and mysteries into the equation. I yeah. honestly think the success of One Piece and the projected success of Avatar yeah. have a lot to do with those are both animated shows that are actually kind of adult. Yeah. You know, yeah, and yeah, yeah. I, I do think Gravity Falls, the problem that I see, they would need to readapt it to be more like those for, for to me to see it be successful. Yeah. Um, at least for me to like it. I think once you bring in live action and it starts feeling like a Disney Channel show, it's not yeah. fun anymore. Because that kind of stuff works for a cartoon because it's cartoony and zany and fun. But once yeah, you start bringing in laugh tracks, I mean, I'm not saying they would bring in a laugh track, but yeah, they I would know have to, they'd have to take it really seriously for it to land, which is possible. I'll, I'll say it this. Is. Disney reps, if you're out there listening to this, if if you did Gravity Falls, you need to make it actually, like, not like horror movie scary, but you cannot pull your punches. You need the summer wind trickster to scare children. You want to give nightmare fuel. To, to children right because that's what gravity falls did you can't pull your punches i think that's a great point you can't make it feel too soft there's yeah. other shows maybe you can um yeah sure I'll, I'll, even universe I'll be honest. sure i would even say percy jackson the new series did feel a little soft but it didn't feel out of place it felt like everything belongs like it was yeah. what it should have been but if you try to do that with gravity falls weirdly even though it's a kids show technically it would be disappointing i think yeah. um let me I ask, would, would you rather see that than a sequel? Oh, I don't want a sequel for Gravity Falls. Leave something beautiful untouched. Or uh, even I, a spinoff. Uh, okay, here's the thing. Could it be good? Sure, it could. It could. If Dana Terrace worked on it or, you know, I mean, Alex Hirsch came back too. Like, sure, it could be good. But am I willing to throw those dice? <laughs> you know, I, I hear I, it's so nice to have something like Over the Garden Wall, like Hilda, like Gravity Falls, where there's no discussion over if it's good because they didn't live long enough to become bad, you know? Okay, that's a really interesting point. You like, know, we don't necessarily want to see Dipper and Mabel as adults having a terrible time. Yeah, like, you know, I, I, I love Adventure Time. And I know a lot of people love Fiona and Cake, but to me, Fiona and Cake raises a question of, do we still need this out there? You know what I mean? Mm. Okay. Um, and, and is Adventure Time going to be so huge and so humped for money that, like, that we start to hate it and we never want to see it again? And, and to such a degree that you can't even... And some people have been like, well, you should never let it affect your love of the originals. I agree with that a little bit. I would if Star Wars wasn't completely ruined for me. I used to really like Star Wars, and I actually cannot watch it because of how 
too blown up it is now. Like, I actually don't even like the originals anymore because I'm like, oh, yeah, it's I just it just tastes like capitalism now. I understand that. Um, I I do. I, I do understand it, but I am kind of in the camp of I have a pretty easy time separating the things I love from what gets made again. Like, it doesn't bother me if more gets made. Um, if anything, I just get more I, I get more um, protective over the original source content because I'm like, wait, you guys remember when this was really good and there were some so, people that knew it for me. That's only if the source content outweighs how much they've tried to get money out of it in the future, right? Because let's let's take a look at, like, Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings' original three movies, still phenomenal. Still would watch them and think they are mind-blowingly good films, right? Yeah. Avatar The Last Airbender, we just play... It's so memed on that that live-action movie was terrible that we just, like... There's a, there's a literal meme that, like, the live-action movie didn't happen in Ba Sing Se. You know <laughs> what I mean? And it's like, those are fine... But something like Star Wars, when more than half of the show, when more of when more of half of what exists for Star Wars now was clearly made for money, it ruins it ruins this the canon for me. You know, sure. if it was just like one sequel, even if it was just the, the three that came after, if it was just seven, eight, nine, I could still give it a pass. But now it's just everywhere. <laughs> it's Baby Yoda. <laughs> Which I think The Mandalorian is one of the better shows uh, that they've come up with out of all of it. And yeah. some... I, I I ended up like giving up on it simply because not even because I didn't think it was good necessarily. I just got burnt out. Like I was oversaturated by all of the exactly. different things. Same as Marvel. Same and as I mean, Marvel. this is not a hot take. Like other people no. are very much feeling this way about these properties that have just released too many things. And it's gotten less fun to even watch TV. I've had to shave a lot out of what I normally watch um, yeah. and really prioritize the things that I think are worth my emotional time. Yeah. Um, and if it turns out that Gravity Falls is a one-time two-season series, it was one of the best ever, and I'm I love that we had it, and it will Absolutely. always serve that. When I have kids one day, I'll show them Gravity Falls, and I think that they will still find it awesome totally. after all that time. I totally um, agree. So let me ask you then: on this rewatch, did you like it more or less than the first time that you watched through? See, I. It, it's hard to say because I was watching it with a little bit of a critical eye. And whenever I watch anything with intentionally with a critical eye, I pull back on the on the emotional connection to it at all. Um, okay. So let me, while you're thinking about tough. it, let me tell you what I thought. Okay. Um, I appreciated it more and I liked it less and that's a very good way of putting it i think (laughs) the re the reason is the first time i went through it was on a binge like my wife and i were just enjoying it and we were invested and we wanted to know what happened and you will never be able to i guess get back the initial surprise of having watched it for the first time that that feeling of not knowing what's going to happen and then have the plot twist get revealed and for that reason it just can't quite be enough or it can't be more fun But then when I revisited it on this rewatch, I think as I started taking notes and really noticing the details, I'm like, wow, this show, they tried so hard. Like they gave it everything to make a show that they thought was going to be great. In spite of all of the hurdles that Disney censorship was trying to give them, they made things happen that were creative and different that you hadn't seen before. And they did it with intention. This is going to be a great two season show. It's going to give people mystery. This is a summer vacation. And it will be the 
historical piece of animation history that we want it to be. And they nailed it. Yeah. Uh, and I love that. Um, I, I will say that I think because I had to stop down and take so many notes, it stopped me from being able to just fully sit back and enjoy it the way that I normally enjoy cartoons. Yeah. So like in terms of rewatch podcasts, I'm like wildly proud that we put this together and we did this. Um, but I don't necessarily know if like a full rewatch podcast is something I would want to do again. Not because yeah. I didn't have an amazing time, but just because there is something beautiful about sitting and watching something as it is without thinking too hard about it. Yeah. Well, that's one reason. Yeah. Well, so here's the thing. I think you said that very well. I think that summarizes mostly how I feel too, with the exception of one thing, like in the moment, as I was watching and taking notes, was it as enjoyable? Maybe not. But when I think about my experience watching it for the podcast compared to my experience watching it for the first time, I think that I actually both liked and appreciated it more for the podcast, actually. Wow. Okay. And the reason is because I, I do love looking at things technically. You know, you that's do. something that I, I really, really love it. That's why I, I that's why I wanted to get into this as a as a, an artistic uh project for us, not just the, the gravity pause, but everything that we do. Um and uh when I look back and I think about like journal four and all the work we put into doing this and like, you know, the, the mystery that we had in, in the first half of it too. Um, I, I think that I just loved this experience so much that it actually adds a lot for me because originally when I watched it, I didn't look up any of the ciphers. I didn't do any of the secret stuff. I didn't do any, I, I really didn't look into the show at all extra. I just enjoyed it for what it was at face value um and thought it was great and was delightfully surprised by how dark it got at times and this time i knew all of those things going into it and i was able to go into i was able to go deeper this time and not only go deeper into the experience of the show itself but add what we added and to me that adds so much quality to the memory that i actually think i might have enjoyed it more for the show but you know that's that's just i i, I have a creator's heart at the end of the day Yes, uh, I, I think that's lovely. And you know, when you put it that way, I agree that this show now will hold a special place in my heart that no other cartoon ever possibly could. Yeah, I, that's kind of how I feel. Like if anyone brings up Gravity Falls, I'm going to be like, you know, I did a podcast that rewatched and they're going to be like, wow, you did a podcast. Good for you. And I'll be like, you know what? It was good for me. I don't give a fuck about your sarcasm. <laughs> And by the way, everybody, this is the last episode, so I'm not going to censor anything. Uh, Fuck yeah! Said. You shouldn't have told me that till after. Especially because I learned as I went through and started listening that I missed a surprising amount of swear words that I thought that I caught. I'm pretty sure, I remember you missing a couple and I didn't feel like saying anything because I thought it would be funny. Yeah, I know. Um, so, okay, th this is all uh, fantastic and I, I am excited to look back it's funny because we've had so much success on youtube with some of these shows that have come and gone but by yeah. letting this one breathe i feel like we've probably put more into gravity falls than any other show that we've covered on youtube honestly you're probably right just because we've done so much with it even more than steven universe which we've definitely put hours into yeah um okay well i i've loved the discussion looking back on our experience did you have anything else that you wanted to say about how just how you felt looking back and re-watching the show on this uh it, it, during this experience yeah i don't care how many times i watch it dipper wendy is cringe
<laughs> Good. Well, <laughs> let's see how many character points Dipper, Wendy, and all of the others got at the Warriors right. Award. I let's know people go. have probably been excited to find out the final totals here. So are so, you starting at the bottom and doing every character that got points? Or are we just going to um, do the top three? So we're going to bounce around a little bit. So first thing... Um, I want you to guess which character you think got the most points in season one and which character you think got the most points in season two. Well, we got to reveal the winners last. Okay. So let, let's, let's move that ahead because I have an idea, but I, I want to know at the end. Or I could guess sure. now and you could still reveal at the end. So, no, that's, this is great. I'll go down the list and I'll tell you every right. character that got points through the history of the show. Just have All to right. un. There were a lot, so I have to unhide some columns here. All right, some of them are expected and some of them are not. Okay. And some of them are very, like, hilariously obscure. Uh, All right, so Dipper, Mabel, Seuss, Wendy, Stan. Pretty straightforward, the main characters. Yeah, of course, of course. Um, I'd also put McGucket and then eventually Ford and Bill Cipher into the category uh, of being fairly predictable that they were going to get points. Okay. Uh, all right, then we have Schmebulok. We have okay. the cops. Good. We have the ghosts from the department store. Yep, I remember that one. We have Thompson, Wendy's friend. We have... <laughs> what? Okay. We have Lazy Susan. Okay. We have Waddles. Okay. Robbie what okay oh i gideon. remember that okay gideon uh what okay the, the summer ween trickster okay good good choice the grem goblin okay alex hirsch himself ha! okay mr pool check oh my god okay grenda and candy separately okay the shapeshifter that pretended to be the author. Okay, good one. Pacifica. Oh, nice. Okay. Giffany or Dot Giffany, depending on who you ask. Love, love that. Melody. Okay. Harry Claymore, the Henry Harryhausen or Harry Harryhausen uh, parody. Henry, uh, now I can't remember. Harry. I know. I Ray Harry. No, that's you're right. It's Ray, Ray Harryhausen. Um, okay. Uh, ta- I don't remember. Oh. Continue. Okay. Tamri. <laughs> okay. Tyler. Tyler Cute Biker, the mayor. Oh, okay. I was going to say, like, who's Tyler? <laughs> uh, Darlene the Spider. Oh, my God. We didn't have much with that one. And Xyler and Kraz. Okay. That's all of them? That's everybody who got points. That's hilarious. I think I, I, I have a guess who the winner is. Okay. For season one. I think for season one specifically, I think Grinkle Stan got the most votes. That's okay. my guess. And who do you think got the most for season two? Ah, that's hard. I'm going to say Dipper. Okay. And I'm going to make this harder for you. Okay. When you total everything, what do you think is the final order? The top three? I think the order went Stan. I think the order went Stan, Mabel, Dipper. Uh, 
Dan, I'm gonna say Stan Mabel Dipper. It might be wrong, but I think that's I'm gonna guess that. Okay. So I'm gonna say that of the things you just said, one of one was correct. Okay. Um and the other two were not. Okay. So season one, Mabel was the really uh, top character. Wow. Okay. All right. Dang. I didn't. I did not remember how we divvied those. Second was Stan. Okay. And third was Dipper okay, with Seuss. Seuss very close behind. Okay. I almost said Seuss, but I knew that he didn't wasn't in enough episodes to get it. Uh, season two, uh, Grunkle Stan okay. was uh, the number one. Okay, I should have switched them. S- Second was Bill Cipher. No way! I would have thought Bill couldn't have won still. I should have guessed Bill. I'm so sorry. And third was Dipper. Okay, so overall so, the winner's gonna be Stan, Dipper, Mabel. Actually, you had it correct. It was Stan first, Mabel second, and what? Dipper third. Mm-hmm. Let's go! Oh my god! Even though Mabel was just in fourth place uh, in season two, she still had enough points from the first season where she just got tons from us. That's uh, awesome. To still be second overall. But Grunkle Stan consistently got tons of points. Uh, I and love he ended that. Up I love being the winner. that. I love that. My, my criminal boy. <laughs> Let's go. So, so at this point, I'll talk about overall. So Grunkle Stan had 52 points for the Waddles right. Award. Nice. Uh, May. Mabel had 45. Okay. Dipper had 31. Whoa, Mabel blew him out of the water. Okay. Uh, Seuss was actually after that. He had 23. Okay. Uh, Then Bill Cipher had 18. Okay. Then Old Man McGucket had 10. No way! And then Ford had 9. Which, he only had one season of content, which explains some of that but mcgucket had some high he had a couple episodes where he just got a bunch at once yeah he was a really um, well character wow beyond that oh and i'm sorry i missed wendy who had 12 so she was actually higher than uh, mcgucket oh okay okay that makes sense I, w- I would have been surprised if she wasn't yeah and aside from that i guess in terms of notable point totals that's pretty much it we had yeah, um pacifica pacifica got five points throughout the course of the series okay um, and so did the cops. Uh, hey, let's go. I, I so, think that makes sense. I'm I'm proud of those points. I'm very proud of how that divvied out. Yeah, I think so too. Um, you know, we and then we of course some of those creatures, they just had points because they were in the one episode. Um yeah. you know, Candy was a four-point character. Um Grenda had two, Robbie had three, Thompson, Wendy's friend, weirdly had three. He got points from both of us at different episodes. I can't believe that. That's so funny. We just I don't felt even bad remember for him. who that is. Is he the blonde guy who got bullied? Oh yeah. Okay. Definitely some pity points going on there. Yeah, 100 um, percent <laughs> But honestly, it, it is really fun to look back. And I think that we probably got it pretty close to right. No, I agree. I, I totally stand by that. I mean, like, if I were going to rank who my favorite characters were, I'd probably put Bill Cipher higher. But in terms of, like, points, that makes sense still, because he just wasn't in as much. Right, yeah, just sample size alone. I I guess, you know, something I didn't think to do is try to do the math on uh, per episode of, or, like, per amount of appearances. Oh, my God, per awareness. I mean, then Giffany would win, because she was in one episode and won. 
You're right. That's actually very skewed social science to go yeah. based on that logic. You would yeah. uh, all the all the one-off mods. Giffany, the Summerwing Trickster, and the Spider Lady would be our top three. And it would significantly devalue our characters who were in every episode. Hey, those were good villains, well. though. Those were good villains. Yeah, no, there definitely were. Um, cool. Well, uh, th this has been very cool to look back on. Um, I like that. I'm going to say at this point, uh, and I'm assuming lots of people still want to know uh, what Krypton's made journal for, but if you're more of the Gravity Falls listener. So I want to go ahead and say this now in terms of what comes next for the Gravity Bros podcast. Okay, really um, quick, I also just need to say, Grunkle Stan got the Waddles Award, and that's hilarious because he did not want to have Waddles in the first place. You're right. The Waddles Award goes to Grunkle Stan. We do <laughs> need to put that on the record. I love yeah. that, dude. Good job, and Mabel, Stan. And Mabel was second. She misses out on the Waddles Award. Ooh. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Ah, that's, it, that's just that's just poetic. I couldn't have gone any any other way. At least she got to take Waddles home. True. Um, so uh, obviously there is Gravity Falls supplementary content. I've talked about this in some of the other episodes, right? We do have the Lost Legends book that has some canonical uh, resolutions to maybe some plots that they felt weren't fully tied up. And I really okay. recommend everybody read that. Um, you do have like the pilot episode, which was more of a, oh, this is what Gravity Falls is. And it's not okay. really canonical. And then yeah. you have all of the little short films that aired on Disney Channel. And um, I'm not going to rule out that we could ever cover those one day, but this is the finale of the show. Um, yeah. And I, I want to make sure that people aren't necessarily sitting there waiting for the podcast to continue because, uh, you know, the reality is this is kind of a big moment for us. It's like a yeah. move into uh, new ways of doing content. And the same thing's about to happen for YouTube, which if you're yeah. a YouTube follower, there'll be a video on that. Yeah. Um, you might have already started to notice. <laughs> yeah, you might have started to notice. I mean, I think that Lou and I are at a point where we are trying to really go for our creative passions in terms yeah. of the kind of content that each of us are making and which parts of it we are the most a part of. Um, yeah. And if you are a Gravity Bros listener, um, I would be really sad if this was the last time we got to hang out with you, you know, uh, huh. it, because uh, in theory, like I'm assuming if you're somebody who's listened a long time, most of our podcasts actually have it where like people are listening to over 90% of the episode, which is so different from what you see yeah. on YouTube. And, and um, what I, I will say, if specifically podcasting is your thing, you should just definitely watch uh, or listen to Expedition Cartoon, you know? Yeah. I mean, I understand if you are a Gravity Falls first person. Um, you'll but still I, like it. It's, I a think good, it's good. It's like objectively good. Like, I, if you like the conversations that we have, the tangents that we go on, you know, it's a great yeah. mix of silly and serious. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, it is my passion project. So, you know, I can't even tell you how much it would mean to me if suddenly the numbers that we see for Gravity Bros suddenly were showing up on Expedition Cartoon. Because a lot of you are here and a lot of you have stuck with us. Yeah, um, and we appreciate it immensely. This has been so much fun. We do. Um, so again, even you don't have to listen to every episode like this one to be to stay involved. You can't. I disagree. You absolutely <laughs> have to binge our content. I don't care about what I said about the binge model. Go watch all of it right now and stay subscribed. Send us money. Buy the helicopter yeah. load. <laughs> I just weirdly, I feel like podcasts, when you move forward with them, are a little bit of a time capsule where people are following along with our journey. So if you decide yeah. to jump from this one to the other thing, uh, this doesn't have to end. You know, it, it, in my mind, Gravity Bros isn't really ending. It's sort of continuing in a new way. Um, yeah, I agree. So I wanted to make sure to say that. Make sure you're uh, subscribed to that other podcast feed. 
And, uh, you know, we're going to have fun for a long time. I also, um, if you are uh, listening, I added a survey to a recent Expedition Cartoon bonus episode that I did where I'm basically saying, because this is a podcast where we explore cartoon worlds, we are asking for audience feedback to help build the map of worlds that we decide to talk about on the show. So please, if you go find the most recent episode of Expedition Cartoon, there's a Google form in there. I would love to hear your feedback, not just about the type of worlds you would like to see on there, but what other types of things you would like to see covered on a cartoon podcast in general. Because um, even if Lou isn't there for every single episode, I am still, I have a lot of interest in maybe using that Expedition Cartoon podcast feed for other really fun and unique ideas in addition to the regular one that we're doing. So, um, you know, that form will help out. All right. Yes. So again, hope you all stay with us. Let's go to Journal 4. All which, right, let's go. Hit me. For those of you who have been here from the beginning, we are going to get into all of the different mysteries from the real world that we added to our own personal journal. So, Lou, I want to ask you a question first. Yeah. There were three times, four times, where we accidentally inducted something twice that we had already inducted once. One of them's aliens for sure. Actually, we did that right. So we did UFOs the first time and aliens the second, more or less. Oh, okay, okay. But I'll, yeah. I'll give you points. That was kind of the fourth one. Uh, um, did we do ghosts more than once? No, we actually uh, stuck to ghosts the first time. You know, there are probably going to be some weird random one that, like, I wouldn't have expected us to have covered. That's why we did it twice. Is that there, it? There is one you will never guess. Um, One of them I divulged on one of our more recent episodes that we accidentally covered it. Did we ever one. talk about Mothman? Uh, no, which we'll get to. So we're going to end up among a few others. All right. I, I don't know. I can't think of it. No worries. So our last two episodes of the series, we repeated our that last two were because we were running out maybe. And uh, they were interesting ideas. So we talked about them again, which was the meaning of dreams and the Bermuda triangle. We did repeat. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. And we also had another one where we kind of talked about curses twice, but it was a little different. Um, we sort of did one that became, one was kind of Curses and Witchcraft, and the other one was Wizards, which, <laughs> those were actually pretty good episodes. Yeah. And then we talked about Human Possession twice. Wow. Or, Whoa. Okay. Or like, yeah, like the possession where you are not in control of your body by some kind of entity that's controlling you. How on earth did I forget that? Oh, well. I know, and it's funny, I, because I, I looked back on some of the scores for those, and some of them we actually forgot to rate again. But Ooh, like, okay. that'll be interesting. Possession, possession was pretty on par. Like, you rated it an eight the first time and a nine the second. I did three both times. Um, Wait, I want to guess all of them. Don't tell me. Oh, sorry. You're right. Okay, now is going to be the point where I uh, walk us. Oh. Wait, the other one that we accidentally did twice was Walt Disney's frozen body being cryogenically frozen underneath the uh, Pirates of the Caribbean attraction at Disneyland. You would. You I know. would. It's on brand. <laughs> All right. See, I'm also interested to know how many of these Lou uh, does not remember what they are. Oh, yeah, me too. All right. I'm going to take a little list here on what you think you did. Right. This is going to be a speed round. Ready? So All right, let's go. Don't give me your thoughts. Just tell me what you think you rated it. Oh my God, I'm so nervous. 
What did you rate the Tokolosh? Oh my god. This is not a speed round. Go faster. Uh, I, I, I had to remember what the Tokolosh even was. That's the little white one, right? Yeah. <laughs> little white job. gremlin guy? Yeah. Um, uh, dude. Tokolosh? I'm going to go. <laughs> did I say six? You said seven. Pretty good. Oh, I was going to okay. say seven. I can't believe I, I pulled back. What did you give to the Loch Ness Monster? Uh, two? You gave it a one. Pretty good. Okay. Uh, Jersey Devil, what did you give it? Um, seven? You gave it an eight. Okay. <laughs> you know yourself way better than I thought you would. I think I would be giving completely different Dude, numbers than I did the first time. I'm tell I, I pride myself on my consistency. Honestly, I'd be go I'd be I, I'm I'm like I'm probably never gonna say hard one or hard ten or maybe even nine just because I, I like playing it safe in terms of ratio, but I, I know myself. God, I okay, hope I don't well, regret saying that. We got a I, lot I was to gonna go. say we're like at three out of forty-five things. So let's all right. <laughs> all right. Uh what do you think about amulets that can uh, that have special powers. Amulets that have... I don't remember doing that. Nine? Yeah, a nine. Yeah, uh, let's go! All right. If you get within three, I'm impressed. Or at least within two. Um, telekinesis. Oh. Telekinesis? I probably said ten. You said nine, but close. Okay. Um, foresight. You forgot... Or no, you didn't forget to rate. Foresight, this one's tricky, so I'll, I'll, I'll go over it. You said that you didn't feel like you could rate it. Oh, okay. That's fair. Um, I guess. I wonder what, why did you remember why I said that? I was just uh, curious. No, I think, I think that your reasoning was that um, you don't even know how to rate it. Uh, and I don't really talk. Oh, that makes sense, I guess. That's a tough one. Because foresight is like the idea of looking into the future... Yeah, because in a way that's a 10 because everybody has like some sort That's what of it was. That's exactly. You're like, everybody has foresight. I can't rate yeah. this. Yeah. Okay. Ah, hi, hi. <laughs> I'm going to get, I'm giving myself points for that. <laughs> okay. Uh, ghosts. Uh, I know I said something like, um, it depends on how you define ghosts because the experience of what a ghost is, I'm sure something exists. Um, I think I'd prop. If I was defining it based on a dead thing coming back to life, I probably said like six. Seven. Great. Seven. All right. Uh, all right. Goat man. Jesus Christ. I'm going to say three. A one. Close enough. Oh, okay. Okay. Again, I'm giving you points if you are within two. And so far you are at a hundred percent. Let's go. Uh, all right. The thylacine. The extinct Tasmanian tiger still being real right now. Uh, eight, nine. Okay. Uh, the fact that the thylacine tiger, or sorry, the Tasmanian tiger could be cloned to become real if it is not already. Oh, ten. That's all just possible. You gave it a ten. Uh, all right. Walt Disney's frozen body. One. Under you gave it a two. I gave it a one. <laughs> <laughs> all right all right i'll take it time travel uh, uh i know i said something like technically i do you know i'm a time traveler do you know that <laughs> because uh you move through time i'm moving through time right now <laughs> yeah, and we're perceiving everything just behind the actual reality so um i know it's possible to go for i'm gonna say i said nine 
You actually set a six for this one. So it might have depended on we were talking context. about going back in time, because I think going back in time is not very possible. But yeah, I guess that's a good point. It may have depended on how the conversation emerged. So yeah. we'll see. You might possibly still have a point there. Um, Polybius, the mind control video game. Oh. Uh, I'm sure I gave that like an eight, right? Give it a nine. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm like, there's mind control used in marketing, so I'm sure that has to be true. Okay, this is one that you never rated. It was one that Felipe brought up uh, as a Brazilian folklore legend that sort of had a life of its own as kind of like a gay icon in the end. Uh, and it was... Oh, I remember this one. Kuka. Um, again, I think it had folklore roots, but now is more like a mascot. The mascot, I give a one. The folklore roots, I give a seven. Got it. All right, I'm locking that down. Do you want to stay with uh, not rating Foresight, or do you want to give it a rating while we have an opportunity here? No, I'm happy with not rating Foresight. Got it. I, I okay. really would need to define it more specifically to give it a number. Um, What would you rate the Bunny Man? Do you remember who that is? I don't. What the, the Bunny hell? Man is allegedly a guy in a bunny costume who was, like, threatening people with an axe under a bridge somewhere, like, in Virginia or something. I'm sure we were rating it on if it was a cryptid and not just a guy in a bunny suit, right? Well, we were rating if it was ever there at all or if it was a made-up story. Oh, I'm sure there was a guy in a bunny suit with an axe. That seems pretty realistic. God, see, I thought that one context is gonna... I'm gonna say eight. I'm yeah, we gave it an eight. I'm so uh, good. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, Jack, the spirit of Halloween. Ah. Uh. I'm going to say I gave that an 8, even though I probably didn't. You gave it a 7. Wow. Dude, I am blown away right now. I mean, this this is the most shocking I've maybe been on this podcast. You are pretty much knocking this out of the park so far. Let's go. Um, gremlins. Uh, gremlins is in the, the ones in the machines. Yeah. Uh, 7? 6. 6, okay. Uh, Mel's Hall. What on God's green earth is Mel's Hole? I don't do not remember that. You forgot about Mel's Hole? Are you paying any attention to this podcast at all? Was it the whole episode? I don't know what Mel's Hole is. That's just it's uh, that just sounds too funny. It, Why don't you, you guess? <laughs> no, I'll, you I'll tell you. Okay. Yes. Uh, it is a an alleged bottomless pit that a guy in some U.S. state claims ah, to have found. Okay, I would have thought it was a pit in a bottom. Uh, yeah, he said that it had no end to it. And say, he proved it because when you drop things into it, that you would never hear a sound. <laughs> it's the dumbest logic I've ever... I'm sure I gave that a three, right? You gave it a two. Two, okay. <laughs> okay, somehow you rated Lucifer and I refused to rate it and I could not find the actual episode that this happened, but it did that happen. so... Why didn't you rate Lucifer? Did I, I equivocate it to Santa Claus? I think that's no, what... I <laughs> maybe i think i was afraid to oh okay i i'll bet i gave lucifer like a, a seven you gave lucifer a one really yeah oh damn it i remember that because I, I i thought of it wrong i should have known that yeah uh then mer people mer people what would I have said for mer people? That's funny, is we're getting closer to what we actually like now time, I'm remembering even less. 
That is actually uh, kind of funny. Yeah, you got you clocked the early ones, so it would be really funny if suddenly uh, you don't remember any of the more recent choices. I feel like I would have said probably not for mer people. Four, a one. Okay, so you really were low on that one. Um, a werewolf. Known. At one point existing, I think I said six, seven, seven. Okay, I should just uh, with my gut. Mind control. Ten. You you said ten, yep. <laughs> Kongamoto, the living pterodactyl. Uh seven? Uh a nine. That counts. That's nine? okay. Um Dreams having wow. a symbolic meaning meaning. Symbolic? Or well, sorry. Dreams having a meaning beyond the material reality, kind of, is what we were going for. I I'm gonna say I said nine, but I'll bet I said ten. You said 10. Yeah, okay. Yeah, why did I, I even knew? Why did I say that? I should have just said 10. <laughs> well, and you know what's funny is then we ended up rating it again, but we forgot to actually rate it. And I you said gave nine. the impression again that you would have said 10. Oh, that's okay. That's funny. <laughs> um, all right. UFO. UFOs, specifically UFOs that had visitors from another planet in them. Nine? Yeah, you said nine. Nice. Zombies. I might actually put that lower now. But. Zombies, we forgot to rate. So now's your chance uh, to pick a rating. Um, but I I do have a guess based on how you were talking about it. Zombies in terms said. of the dead coming back to life? Yeah. Probably say the like possibility three. of it. Three? Interesting. I got... I got so you technically uh, don't lose points because you never rated it. But I got the impression based on how you were talking that it would have been a 10. Because you really? said, oh yeah, a zombie apocalypse is totally possible, everybody, but climate change is going to kill us first. Yeah, I mean, that sounds like something I'd say. Because I guess we're talking about parasites. The possibility... Oh, you're right! No, there is a zombie parasite. Those exist in the real world already. Of course I should have said 10. Oh, so do you want to go back to 10? Well, the possibility and they have existed, I think, are really different. Um, Definitely. Hey, well, and to be fair... We didn't actually rate it, so uh, because we forgot to settle that question. Are we rating them as cryptids that have been around, or the possibility of them? I I think just the possibility. Hmm. Gosh, you're I, right. I it's think, totally different questions. I doubt they've been around. I'd say like five. In either case, honestly. Okay, so you're just gonna put it right down the middle for consistency. Yeah, just in case. Okay. Um. I'll bet I didn't give five to hardly anything. That is true. You barely gave five. Yeah. Um, That's all right. A shapeshifter. Uh, oh, I'll bet I gave that like an eight. Seven. Seven. Okay. I should have given it an eight. <laughs> uh, then we went to Walt's frozen body again, and you did not rate it that time. Did we I'm... say what you rated it the first time? Did I forget? Two, I, I rated it a two. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. One. That's right. Still a two. Um... All right, uh, the Bermuda Triangle, which we you rated differently the first and second time that we talked about it. And Did so, I actually? God damn yeah. it. I, I was even farther off the second time than you. Really? <laughs> what, what's your real rating? I, I'd give it a three. Okay, I think that that's somewhere in the middle. You gave it a five the first time and a two the second. But okay. I think the logic the second time made a lot of sense. All right, final score for Bermuda Triangle for you is a three. And I'll, I ha, I went from an eight to a four. So I, this game would have gone very bad for me if I'd played wow. it. 
Um, I will go ahead and uh, change mine to a five. I'm pretty proud. I'm, you know, it's so funny. I feel like my my rating has been pretty good of how close I am, but I'm I'm gonna lose sleep over that Lucifer one. <laughs> I really yeah. am. Or just because it was the one that you were far off. Yeah. Okay. Um. Possession. Um. Seven. Um. Yeah, you rated it an eight. And then uh, you rated it a nine the second time. But either way, points. Yeah, I should have said eight. Um, Quest, sorry. What did you just say that your guess was for Bermuda Triangle? What you thought you'd rated it? I said three. Okay, right. And then that ended up being, okay. Uh, that ended up counting, so. Um, all right, then. The possibility of artificial intelligence turning on humanity. We did not rate. We forgot to rate it. So now's your chance. Nine. Wait, wait, hold on. So this is not that they could, it's that they would. Oh, 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 oh okay. Um, hmm. Because based on the conversation, I sort of felt like you were leaning toward, why would they do that when... Yeah, there's really no reason to. That's just some sci-fi mumbo-jumbo. I actually recently learned that uh, a lot of how we feel about AI, AI from fiction has been funded by prop by like governments to like, you know, give certain opinions and like the Marvel movies and stuff. Like there's little monikers that say this was partially funded by the US, like, you know, Air Force in like Marvel movies and stuff like that. And I'm like, great, there's propaganda in our fiction. That's horrendous. Um... <laughs> man i feel like the chances are pretty low if we're going probability i'm gonna say four that was what i guessed you would say based on the conversation that we had the first time yeah uh so yes uh claymation claymation creatures that are alive one yeah <laughs> uh the illuminati the same Illuminati that used to exist still being a functioning secret organizations that are pulling the strings. Um, that's awkward because I have conflicting feelings about that. I don't think that like the Illuminati is real, but I think, well, no, nah, I don't know. Nah, I don't believe in like, I probably said like three. Uh, you technically gave it a zero, but because I don't allow zeros, it rounded up to a one, and therefore you still get points. Nice. Uh, yeah, all right. I, I think that the chances of that happening are... Oh, sorry, I, we're not giving thoughts. <laughs> uh, photo, current photos displaying proof of time travelers because of technological devices and other proof in the, po in the photos. God, I hope I said three. You said one, so... Okay, good. Good. Uh, all right. Uh, cherubs. Oh, we okay. We forgot to rate this one too. But I, I also wrote down what I thought you might have. I'd probably say like seven. Yeah, I would. You, you were implying that you thought uh, there was some interest there. I guessed a five, but I, I actually think that's probably about where you would have landed. Yeah, um, it's just, it's just because, you know, parallel dimension stuff is weird, and you never know when something has a, you know, you never know how close we get when we have our strange hallucinations with the human mind. Curses. <laughs> well fuck those are real no i'm just kidding um oh wait no those are real i probably said 10 yeah you said a nine nine okay uh jackalope uh one 
Yep, you said one. I already know that one's not real. Are they starting to come back to you a little bit now that we're getting no, close to the I, end? No, I, I, just, I just know my answers to those ones. Okay, dimensional portal. Uh, nine? Sorry, I don't think that I explained this. Um, it is, so a portal that could take us from one dimension to the other, a physical portal on the material plane. Oh, a physical, uh, seven? No, you actually gave that a two. Really? You talked a lot about how you uh, you thought other dimensions were there, but then you said that you didn't actually think a physical portal was very likely. Huh. Yeah, I think I stand by that logic. I guess when I when I think about it like that, that's probably true. Wow, I don't know about a two, though. I, I don't know if I stand by that actually completely. Here's a chance I, to change your rating. No, I can't change it. I said what I said. Fair enough. Uh, all right. Wizards. Specifically the idea of people who can make magic. I mean, I said wizards are real because magic is just technology that most people don't understand colloquially. So probably nine. Yeah, ten. ten? That was the conversation. And then you talked me into it and I gave it a ten. Nice. Um, all right. <laughs> uh, then uh, we talked about possession again. Unicorns. Oh, my God. I don't know why this one's throwing me off of everything. It's ones like this that I like. Probably because you had a thought and I hotly contested. And we were like, we went back and forth a bunch on this one, actually, I think. I feel like the chances of there being a unicorn are actually pretty low for the most part. I'm going to say, I'm going to say five. Okay, you gave it a two. Damn, so I almost said five. four. Yeah, I know. I heard you almost say four. Um... And then I gave it a 10 because I'm a lunatic. Let's uh, <laughs> go. That's probably why I gave it a two. <laughs> actually, no, you're no, I think that I was like willing to give it a nine. And you were like two. Yeah, actually, you're right. You did. You said it out of spite. And then I was like, and then I was like, in that case, I'm giving it a 10 because I was talking up the likelihood of unicorns to troll you. Um, that's so funny. Uh Jibafofi, the giant spider. <laughs> Uh, I remember us talking about that one, and I remember looking up the biggest spider. And I thought that there might have been pretty big spiders. I'm going to say I said six. You said eight, just in the lines. Um, Yep. I was confident on that. Aliens. Uh, As in... Oh, no, nine, 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 nine. Well, so not aliens that have visited here, aliens that exist in other places without having traveled. Oh, ten. Yeah. You gave it a 10. Um, Demons, we forgot to rate. Nine. And this is technically the last one. All right. I I got the vibe that you were going that route. Oh, Um, yeah, because we had a conversation about demons, and I said I wasn't sure because it depends on how you define a demon. Yep. Because just because someone sees a grisly-looking creature in another dimension, it doesn't mean that they have the malintent that's often associated in Christianity with demons. There could just be beings that, like, eat negative energy the way that we eat cattle, but we're not necessarily villains to cattle because we, well, technically we are, but that's that's the whole relativity lens, isn't it? Sorry, continue. No, you continue. Uh, please filibuster while I count your score. Uh, oh, was that the last one? That was it. Oh my god, we ended on demons. Nice. Yeah, I mean, since I'm filibustering about demons, uh, it's like Hasbin Hotel, right? If you saw one of the creatures from Hasbin Hotel... Like, not animated, but, like, actually in just show up in, like, a dream or something eating your energy. Like, 
if you saw demon version Alistair show up in your dream and like consume your negativity, you'd be like, yeah, that's a scary demon from hell. But that doesn't mean he doesn't have his own, his own personality and systems of wants and joys just like any person. Same with an angel. Just because you have eight. anything else to say while I continue to count. Oh, yeah. I, oh, I'll always have something to say. <laughs> just as uh, angels could theoretically just be, uh, I mean, the angels could be bureaucrats for all we know. You know, they just got a position up there ushering people into the next life and they've got no interest in how it goes at all. You know, they might mm -hmm. in their personal lives be terrible people. But because they're all dressed up all fancy and bringing us up to heaven, we're like, oh, you're so awesome. And they're like, hi, you don't know what I do at night. You know what's funny is when I start thinking about something else while you're talking for whatever reason, and usually it's because I have to research something, my ADHD brain won't let me actually listen to both things. So whatever oh, yeah. you're talking about right now, I think it was going to be really funny when I listen back on the edit. Oh, shit. I should have said other. <laughs> actually, that's probably going to be funny enough as it is. Wow. And I gave <laughs> Lucifer a one. I suck. <laughs> well, I feel like you, you were able to talk yourself back into the logic that you used. <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> All right, you ready for a total? Total score matter. I just think that this is fun. You, <laughs> okay. And here's why. You are Mr. Ethical Consistency. Not just ethical, all consistency. You want people to like stick by what they think and have good reasoning. And true. I'm not going to lie. You I actually really care what other people do, but I like to personally. And you have proved that you are actually that person. And I no don't mean way. to be surprised. I'm not that like, surprised. <laughs> And I didn't I'm, I'm uh, I didn't include the things that we technically forgot to rate the first time, but even on those, what you said lined up with what I thought. So you got 31 out of 36 within two points of what you originally guessed. I should have gotten 33 at least. <laughs> <I'm> disappointed. <laughs> That's funny. Hey, if we <laughs> if we factor in what the actual ones that we forgot were, it was probably more like, you know, 34 out of or I I, th I think it would have brought your score up even more. Uh, all right. Yeah. Well, yeah. that was impressive. <laughs> and to all the audience, those were all the things that we inducted into Journal 4. However, we were always trying to theme our inductions around the episode that we watched. And there yep. were some major cryptids that definitely need to be in Journal 4. And just because they were not in Gravity Falls, we are not going to leave this podcast today without making sure that Journal 4 is fully rounded out with the icons. And for that yeah. reason, Lou, we are going to have to add a few more buddies to this book. And I really felt like Link when I said that from Rhett and Link for some reason. Um, and that's got to start with the Mothman that Lou already teased. Yep, that's fair. So for those of you that are unfamiliar with the Mothman, it is by far, in my opinion, the most interesting cryptid story. Um, it's a good could, one. There's there's been movies made about it. Uh, the Mothman prophecies. I think it was a book and a movie. And essentially, there was a string of sightings around this moth-like humanoid creature in Point Pleasant, West Virginia, in I think like the 70s. I might have the decade off a little. 19, bit. Uh, 1966 to 67. Okay, late 60s, and. A lot of people were seeing this thing and saying that there was a weird alien activity happen. And there's a lot of different sightings from a lot of different people. And some of them definitely sound a little bit kooky when you watch interviews and listen to reports. But 
Then there was a huge bridge collapse in Point Pleasant, West Virginia, and some people claimed that they saw the Mothman hovering around the bridge around the time of the collapse. Um, and it's really kind of a wild story. Um, it's one of my favorite cryptids because of how sort of uh, just interesting the lore is. So... I have a lot of feelings about the actual likelihood here, but I'm going to let you start, Lou. What do you think about the possibility of the Mothman? So this is tough because I love the story. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like, I love the idea that some, like, bad government experiment happened and, like, some weird creature went out and its presence caused a disturbance. And, like, maybe I could give points to, like, the potential of some, like, extra-dimensional creature leaking in on accident for a second and causing some issues. but. You know, when I really think about it, there is a reason why we never get good quality footage of anything like that. And it's not yeah. just because mystical creatures enjoy lurking in the shadows. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's because, like, with, with how many millions of people have high quality, high res, easy to zoom in phones and, like, amazing camera quality... And the only things we ever see are, like, really terrible, you know, really, like, oh, it's so, it could be real, but, you know, we didn't quite get a good shot. Like, it, it's just, it's so likely that it's not real because of that. You know what I mean? It's just, like, more likely that you got a good, a, a weird angle on a bird or a bug or something like that, you know? So, I'm going to push back because the Mothman was part of a string of sightings. It was more of an event than it was even a cryptid, in my opinion. So I think you're right. Seeing something like the Mothman now, it seems incredibly unlikely that he's still out there. But this was a string of weird activity, and I think that there is a reasonable chance, if we think there's a chance that UFOs have visited this planet, that something like the Mothman story could be somehow connected to that. Um, and I'm totally talking conspiracy here. But, you know, I am not going to leave... A podcast that I created without giving Mothman a 10. A 10? Bro, it's, I can't it's for the it symbolism. Ten. My real rating is probably like a six. Um, but I want yeah. I want Mothman to have a 10 because he's look, I, I know that we're trying to rate actual feasibility, so I am cheating. I'm giving him a 10 because I love him. Um yeah. but, but to be I'm... honest, it's the coolest story. Like it's the number one on this list that is just the most interesting, in my opinion. Yeah, there's a lot of interesting stuff that happened. I'm going to overall give it a six. I'll give it a six. Optimistically. All right. Um, I feel like that that is generous for you. But So you're also rating, it was there once, but it's not there now. If, yeah, if I, there's no way. There's no way it would still exist. Okay, I think the bridge collapse is just a wild part of that story, even though I think it's unlikely that any of that is real, you know, if I'm really thinking scientifically. Um, if I'm grading yeah. on a curve based on all of these are kind of wild ideas, that, that's why I want to rate it. Um, we need the Chupacabra to be in Journal 4 as well. Yes. We, didn't we say Chupacabra was on there? Chupacabra never made it. Um, we talked about a jackalope, um, but yeah, Chupacabra is not on our list. And there, there is also... You said Chupacabra. I did say the Goat Man, and Chupacabra happens to be a goat killer, so I don't know if that might have... Uh, Sound huh. familiar. 
Um, but yeah, uh, for those of you who don't know, Chupacabra is a wild beast that allegedly kills livestock and leaves very suspicious, suspicious marks and sucks the blood out of the animals. Um, I actually feel like in terms of cryptid likelihood, this one actually makes much more sense than many others. Um, yeah. There are certain I, I kind creatures, of agree, actually. There are creatures out there that could do something like this, and it's a weird thing to hoax. Um, you know, there's different explanations yeah. for how these livestock could come to have been killed. Um, but it feels weird. I think I'm going to give another 10, because I just... I'm not giving a 10 on that one, either. I'm, um, I'm grading on a curve, man. Well, okay, maybe I'll, seven, I'll, I'll give it a 9. I'll give it a 9. I think that that's more reasonable. I want to reserve that 10 for the greatest of the great. Yeah, I'll give it a seven. And Chupacabra is another one with like lots of reports, lots of sightings, lots of weird activity um, yeah. in a lot of different places. So, you know, animals like that uh, that could exist. I, I feel like we would have found an animal like it. And, you know, who knows? It could be something having to do with rabies or like a weird infection that an animal has. But the fact that it's happening is it's still happening. So I don't know if it's a hoax. Uh, like, I'd be surprised if it was a hoax. So I think it being some kind of animal that behaves in a way that we're not expecting makes the most sense. Um, huh. All right. There's a drawing from somebody in Puerto Rico who witnessed it in 1995, and they actually drew it looking like an alien. I've seen, yeah, there's been cases of people who think that it's more of like an alien type creature. Um, and I think that's interesting as well. Speaking of which, what do you think of crop circles? <sighs> that's another tough one, because we know that a lot of those have been faked for sure. But there were tons of them. Yeah. I, I I will say that because of... I, I got to see a documentary once on how people make them, and it's easier than you might think it is to make something that perfect. I mean, it, it. I think it's already pretty... It's just basic math. Yeah, I think the question everybody will always have, how do you make them look that exactly right? Um, actually, you know what? I'm starting to talk myself into... I do think just use a protractor. It's, it's really not that hard. Yeah, I guess. I mean, people are using architecture all the time. You would still need to know what you're doing. Some random farmer couldn't just try to draw a circle in his crop and have that be it. It would it so would like, take intentional design. You know the Nazca lines? Yeah, another really good one. Do you want to put that in there too? Sure, if you want. I, I was going to say, like, when I really think about human ingenuity and how realistically all you would need is a basic sense of, like, have you ever done that thing where you scale up, like, in an art class where you scale something up? You, like, draw it small and then you just scale it up in quadrants? Yeah. yeah. That's realistically all you would actually need to do to create the Nazca lines. You know what I mean? Sure. Well, I think the thing about the Nazca lines is that those are really old lines that had to yeah. be made by somebody. And I would actually put Nazca lines in Pyramid and, and even Stonehenge in a very similar camp. And I'm willing to put all of them in for the same reason. Um, and well, maybe just... I don't know about all of them, because for me, the pyramids are, like, no, it was slaves. You know what I mean? Like, did you know that the pyramids used to be covered in marble? Fun fact. I did not. Yeah, but the Romans stole it when they, uh, you know, did their whole Roman Empire business. Sure. Well, and we don't even have to rate all of these if we just want to, like, make sure that they make the journal. But I do think this idea of early human architecture, you know, the Easter Island Giants, another great example. That one I think is a lot more interesting, actually. Those are insane. Oh, my gosh. All right. Well, let's talk about them in order then and try to we'll try to be quick about it. Do you have more to say on crop circles? I know you were about to compare them to the Nazca lines. Yeah, I mean, 
it's just one of those things where it just it like why didn't they show up until it got popular you know what i mean well there was a craze where sci science fiction was getting really popular in like the 60s and all of a sudden all these sightings happened so yeah. you sort of wonder did these things sort of compound on each other where people were getting really interested in sci-fi, so more hoaxes started happening, which made people get more interested in sci-fi, and then it just all got kind of out of control. Um, also, we didn't have the kind of camera technology to take pictures fast, so it was very much more possible for people to potentially not be able to take a picture of something fast enough back then. Now it would be a lot harder to explain that away. Yeah. Um, I think crop circles actually, just because of how many there were, how prevalent it was, and how big of a mystery it was. I actually rate them fairly high, to be honest. And just in terms of, like, the mysteries. Again, we've, we've put some wild things out there. Like, I, I, I put crop circles at a 7. I know that people can make them. Um, and that stops me from going higher than a 7. But, you know, again, there yeah, were a lot, and it was a I cool mystery for a while. i to give them a 3, honestly. Okay, that's all right. Like... It, it just seems like if an alien ever did, if a UFO or an alien ever actually did create one, mm -hmm. it was probably just like a teenager doing graffiti on another planet. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think that, like, if it did exist, which I think is, again, why did they, why did they only start showing up in like the 80s or 70s? Like, you know, it, may, it just makes me wonder like, okay, well, we've been farming for like ever and nobody's heard of them in pop culture until, you know, sci-fi got really big. That's a little suspicious for me. Sure. Okay, uh, that's fine. So now what I'm going to ask you then, I want you to power rank the Nazca lines, which for those who don't know, because this is a little more obscure, they are just like these giant hieroglyphs that were created long before many of us were here. Yeah, like, you can um, only see what they are, like, from a plane or space. Yes, yes. Not space, actually, but from a plane. you got to be way high up there, absolutely. Um, yeah. Then you have Stonehenge, which is just a series of stones in the England area uh, that have sort of been structured to kind of exist in a circle, and some of the stones are on top of each other. Then you have the pyramids, which were built in ancient Egypt, and the Easter Island Giants, that were these large stone faces that were built on just this tiny little island in the middle of the ocean called Easter Island. Um, and that is, uh, I, I think, do, am I thinking of any other like major construction mystery that you think belongs? Did you say Stonehenge already? I did, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there are other ones out there. I mean, the, one of the ones that I found the most interesting was this like little city in, uh, in South America, but I can't remember what it's called anymore. Gotcha. Well, I think these probably cover the major mysteries when people think of this kind of thing. So please power rank them and give me your scores and reasoning along the way. Well, so uh, we already know all of them are like real in the sense that they exist, but whether they have any like, like, um, meaning beyond just regular humans building them, I think is the implication. Yeah. So here's the thing. Like, do I believe that the Nazca lines may have been an attempt from the local people at the time to communicate with, like, you know, something in space? Maybe. I would believe that that might have been the intent. Whether that's evidence that they had communication with people in space, I think is... There's no evidence of that. Is it possible? Sure. So I'd give it a five for that. 
Okay, but you don't think aliens necessarily were responsible for making it. Dude, they look like... I'm sorry for anybody who believes in them, but they, they look like like two-year-old drawings. <laughs> right, well... I, At least but, crop circles are advanced looking, you know what I mean? That's fair. You can tell what they are, though. Well, yeah, but that's just more reason why they would be people stuff. Like, oh, it's a monkey. Okay, they know what monkeys are. Okay, it's a bird. It's a spider. It's an but ant. They're so big. Like, I actually think the process of creating something that large and understanding what you're doing from that long ago is not an easy task. You, you can't. I think that's a fallacy. A lot of people are like, oh, but they were so primitive back then. I'm like, do they have the same brain we have now? Yeah, actually, so, and you're right, That that's um, a thing with a lot of these pyramids, and I know that it's a common misnomer, that we think that people were not as, as advanced as they actually were to be able to do this. Yeah, um, you just needed, like, a couple teenagers on drugs and with a good idea, and they could have figured that out real quick. <laughs> well, all right, so you give Nazca lines a five. I still uh, give that one kind of a seven for the same reason as crop circles. It's just, like, a really big thing like I, I feel like they are similar and in fact it was probably more likely back, back then because there was it was harder um all right stonehenge i don't know enough about stonehenge so i'm gonna give it a five out of safety um you know it's another one of those things where it's like how could they have done it with the technology i'm like i don't know man they could have found a way to lift rocks yeah, I, I think Stonehenge is much less likely to be an alien thing. It's yeah. not the most advanced thing you've ever seen. I, now, I the really... Easter Island giant heads, though, those are wild because they discovered some of those had full bodies underground that were enormous. And that, that I, like, I'm not a sculptist by any stretch of the imagination, but the fact that these were on these islands, like, those, that, that raises huge questions for me. So the... I mean, granted, a mystery isn't an, isn't a solution by any stretch, but the fact that there's more wiggle room for another explanation gives me like a six at least higher explanation. Okay, um, that sounds good. Uh, I I would agree. I think there's more mystery. So the difference is Stonehenge is wild because how did they get the rocks on top of each other like that when they were that big? But Easter yeah. Island is wild because. How did this tiny little island have people that were able to sculpt something this wild? And yeah, how is it now buried? You know, what's the? Yeah. And I'm sure that there's like environmental reasons. Um, totally, probably things that we don't understand, volcanic activity, all kinds of things. I think could have contributed yeah. to that. Yeah, there Easter could Island be explanations. one. Easter Island's more fun to me. Uh, I also i I give Easter Island a five and Stonehenge a three. To be clear, yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, and then pyramids, you think that this is a definite no? I mean, you know, if we're taking the logic from, like, see, it's just so many slaves, like, are on record to have died creating that thing that I feel like it's really, like, it seems pretty obvious that that's how they did it. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like Egyptian culture seems so fascinating and, and it's a mythology that is, is a good well to tap for fantasy. Um, yeah. But, you know, I remember when I was a kid, I got really into Egyptology and that in the whole like study of their culture. And, uh, you know, the kings that wanted it created, they were they were just like. It'd be like if a president had way more, had way less bureaucratic control and they could be like, yo, I want to 
Oh, wow. We even have stuff like that. Like the, it'd be like if the Washington monument, you know, there's like someday way in the future where they're like, how did they build this Washington monument? This is insane. And it's like, if you didn't find the device, you know, if you did, if you can't find the technology that we use to build it, then yeah, you, you'll never be able to know. Um, and you know, I don't know how easy it would be to assemble a bunch of tools. I don't know. It's just, uh, there's a lot of unknowns. So I'll give that one a five, two, probably. Oh, okay. Really? I'm giving actually the pyramids a one. Uh, Oh, wow. Because at least with this one, they all stack up. They were at a a place that has a lot of land mass around it. So it's more plausible. There could have been a lot of people around. Um, Stonehenge has that too, which I was low on Stonehenge, but the pyramids, I feel like, again, we have evidence to see who built this already. And it's not at all crazy to me that it could have been built. At least it's a structure that you can picture it happening. Like, Wait a minute. Did we not talk about Bigfoot? That's next. Oh my god, okay. I can't believe we didn't do Bigfoot. That's crazy. Before, actually, before we get to Bigfoot, we talked about Nessie, and we sort of grouped Nessie and Lake Monsters together. Um, yeah. I wanted to shout out uh, I mean, I think we already did it on that episode, but Champ, the monster of Lake Champlain, Mukele yep. Mbembe, Ogopogo, yep. a uh, couple of lake monsters that I think are very uh, notable. And there's a lot more. Um, but those are ones that have like pictures and sightings that I think a lot of people point to. Mukele Mbembe, no pictures, but it's more like a, an African folklore where a lot of people insist that that beast existed. You know what's funny? The amount of absolutely magical crazy looking fish that have been discovered in the deep ocean that exist that were never considered cryptids but if any single person had seen one of them ever they immediately would have been (laughs) oh yeah i mean there's some wonders of wildlife it's sort of how we talked about magic is actually just science yeah all of these animals that we see that have the coolest quirks in the world, they are all cryptids and wonders of what is an incredible planet. Yeah, see, that's quite kind of why I like going the route of demystifying a lot of it. Like, dude, if you saw, like, let's let's say you had a weird experience where you saw what you thought was a ghost clear enough that you could have a conversation with it. Yeah. And you're like, yo, what are you? How do you exist? And they just went, I don't know. How do you exist? Right. You know? And you're just like, oh, it's a good point pretty weird that we're all here isn't it (laughs) you know what i mean i want to confirm along these lines because you're sort of saying oh well lake monsters you know it might just be mistaken identities is is that sort of the implication or if they are there it's like just a i think that the loch ness monster was just so like the loch ness monster got famous off a photo that was 100 confirmed to be fake yes that's true Mm -hmm. And so for me, the doubt for that is really high. Um, but, you know, like giant squids were uh, were encrypted for a while until they found out that there are simply giant squids that exist. I think the Kraken belongs in Journal 4 as a 10 for both of oh, us, really? probably. I thought the Kraken just came from Greek mythology. No, I mean, the Kraken is essentially just a gigantic squid. And maybe it does come from Greek mythology, but people still thought about it the same way. And... I mean, I yeah, I almost don't even know if you can rate it because we have had massive squids that are basically a kraken. Yeah, like I just think that's real. Like that's just it's just a real thing. Giant squids exist. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, you just call don't call them kraken, which is so, dumb, by the way. Kraken would have been a way better name. We should have just kept it with the name kraken. But whoever yeah. science, whatever scientist discovered it is like, let's call it a big squid instead. 
It's like, dude, come well, on. You had the you had the name on a platter there for you, and you went with Big Squid. Come on. So in terms of these underwater creatures, though, that are basically like known to be dinosaurs or plesiosaur, plesiosaur type creatures, I wanted to give you a chance because you gave Loch Ness Monster a one, and the implication in the episode was you sort of felt that way about all lake monsters, but were, were there any that you feel like are particularly more likely that you just wanted to shout out? Oh, I mean, if any of them are in the ocean. Um, that would be the Kraken. <laughs> that would be the Kraken. Well, see, that's the thing, man. Like, the chances of them being in a lake is what makes it so unrealistic. Yeah, I see your point. You know, because, like, you know, it's like what they said. Like, we, they took a a whole fleet of ships and did a full scan of any large object that could be in the lock and, you know, whatever the, the lock nest or whatever. And, and nothing, you know? Yeah, like, they but... <laughs> But are there some wild underwater creatures that have been undiscovered that could be very big? I definitely think so. Oh, yeah. The oarfish is huge. That thing is huge. Hmm. Um, but also, there's just scientific reality is that the further underwater you get, the less likely it is that there are giant creatures. Just ah. because of how much pressure it would take um, for it to exist without collapsing on itself. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So, you know, that's why a lot of the creatures that you see down there are like, you know, crazy glowing little things. Yes. All right. Well, I think the time has come to talk about Bigfoot or Sasquatch, as some people think about him. Yes. And there are many adaptions of this, right? You know, I think um, in the U.S. we would think of it as Bigfoot or Sasquatch, but in the Himalayas, we have the Yeti. Yeah. Um, in Australia, I guess you have the Yowie. Yep. In Florida, you have the skunk ape. So I guess that's still the U.S., but it's meant to be like more of a swampland creature. And there are lots of adaptions of this, but it's a bipedal creature, probably a little bit similar to the Gigantopithecus, which was a primate from kind of, maybe not the dinosaur era, but one of those like really old archaic eras. Um, do we group these together or do we try to do them separately is my first question. We, well, we kind of group lake monsters together. So I think it's okay to sort of generalize. And I if you think, think so. there's one that's more likely than others, feel free to say so. Well, that's easy. The Yeti? I think they're all pretty... If there was one that was more likely, it'd be the Yeti, because there's actually like, oh, well, we actually can't go up there because, you know, the pressure's too high. Uh, it's not too high for a creature with nearly the exact same body type and structure to exist for some reason, but... Uh, but we can't go there. So how do we know? Dude, there's no way. I'm so sorry, everyone. Like, I know that it's the most popular oh, no. one out there. I just oh, don't like, no. you know why it's the most popular one out there? It's because it looks like a person and we're that basic of a species. That's the only reason. <laughs> I don't know about that. I think it's part, honestly, I think a big part of it is the Patterson-Gimlin footage, which is uh, also confirmed fake. <laughs> It's not confirmed fake. There have been people who have come out of the woodwork to try to say that they had a part in it, but they're all different. And it's hard to That's know if people are like coming out of the uh, woodwork for fame. Patterson Gimlin. Now, the thing that makes it very suspicious, regardless of any of that, I will say, is that the guy who took the video was a major Bigfoot enthusiast. I think that... that I mean, he was the kind of person to look for it, but then also... Um, it's less believable than somebody who has no interest in these things making a hoax. But the video is really cool. And I mean, 
if it is a hoax, they did an amazing job. Patterson's friend who was in the film claimed he was in the suit and gave the suit to the public because Patterson didn't give him the money promised for the hoax. I remember this happening, but I thought that it was like there was a debate that that was actually the suit. Well, of course there's going to be a debate. There's so much money involved in keeping the mystery of Bigfoot alive. No, see, I felt like that guy, and I'm not even, like, obviously, I'm still a science first person with a tinge of mystery to me. But I believe that, you know, there's, gosh, which source is saying for sure that it's fake? Because this is not like the surgeon's photo where the for the Loch Ness Monster, where the person on his deathbed said, hey, it was fake. I used a little toy and then they found the toy. Like, this is more of a, hey, you know, look at this suit that looks slightly like it resembles resembled what was out there. Please put me on TV and give me some money. I'm, so, I'm reading through not just the summary. There's a paper from... Uh... Oh, that doesn't look very... The Relic Tominid Inquiry. There has been so much research done on Bigfoot. You know, there's a show called Finding Bigfoot. It's interesting that there is so much... uh, So much... uh, What's the right word? Intrigue on this specific thing. I I feel like so this is going to be a hard thing to research all at once because there's going to be yeah. a lot of different people there's that are just saying so much oh, talking about it. Yeah, it's an entire thing of its own. There's probably multiple uh, podcasts just about Bigfoot himself or herself without any kind of other validity to it, um, or any other kind of other cryptid in the equation. I mean, so here's the thing: like Bigfoot's another one. He's like Mothman. He's an icon. And, you know, I I have to give Bigfoot... Oh, God, this is so hard. Because the truth is, over my years, I have believed less and less that a creature like this could exist without being found. There are a lot of unexplored places above land, but much more below sea and much more in space where, you know, that's, that's how you can kind of squint and see something like the Mothman. Like, is it an alien? Hey, but listen... If aliens brought a Mothman, they could have brought a Bigfoot. That's all I'm saying. It could be another situation like that, where Bigfoot's not a Gigantopithecus at all. It's just uh, an alien pet. Why not? Or an alien itself. We don't know what aliens look like, Lou. Yeah. They got left behind, and they have different technology to keep themselves protected. I'm talking I, you into for, it. For that reason, I won't give you a one. Yay! I'll give you, I'll give you a three. Appreciate that. I'm going to give it an eight, same as Nessie, just because of, uh, you know, childhood nostalgia. I I just, I get like, you're right. There could be a hairy alien out there. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. But do I think that there's like an animal that's like somewhat human in nature that exists on earth other than people? No, I really don't. Not a whole species in of itself. I'd be so, so, you know, I mean... I'm going to look up the newest, I don't even know if I can find this, the newest species of a gorilla that's been identified. Oh, actually, that is an interesting question. Like, how long has it been since a new gorilla came into the into the world? And I'm sure that you'll be able to get the answer to that relatively quickly. Um, um, while you say that, I'm just going to spit out a couple things that maybe I want to add without rating. The Dover Demon is a very fun little tale. 
um, about a bunch of college kids that claim to have seen some tiny little alien type creature, but they were all friends at school. So seems kind of suspicious. Lauren Coleman, renowned cryptozoologist, has actually done a lot of research and he thinks there's some validity to that story. I don't necessarily buy it, but I think it's a fun legend to look at if you're looking for some fun ones. Same thing, the Loveland Frogman. No way is that thing real, but boy, is it a fun story. Um, uh, yeah. The Menahune are not really cryptids, but more just the idea of these little Hawaiian spirits that cause mischief. They're a little bit like the gremlins of Hawaii, and I love that legend. Uh, I think that I might have even talked about that in our top 10 favorite cryptids episode. Probably okay, the Frogman too. there was one named in 2017, the Ta Tapa Orangutan. So um, I'm guessing it was new because they thought it was a regular orangutan and it turned out that it had uh, differences to pretty much separate it. But much, still, yeah. that's actually really cool that as of 2017, there was a new primate species discovered. That's not yeah. worth nothing. No, I agree with that. I, I think the fact that there are no primate species in the United States means it it's unlikely here, you know? Yeah. As well as plenty of other places that have no primate species, but you know... The, the I mean, thing would have to be very self-sustained. It makes you wonder why there aren't, like... I mean, maybe there are. Correct me if I'm wrong, people. But, like, I, I've never heard of a Bigfoot existing in places where gorillas live. Yeah, I hear that. <laughs> That's kind of a weird coincidence, I think. Um, okay, yeah. I mean, so I think that we've run the gambit on Bigfoot. And this is a, a good discussion on it. Are there yeah. any other, like, big cryptids for you that, like, means something that you really want to just make sure make the journal? We don't even have to rate them. Because I know we're, we have gone very long here today for our finale. Um, the Hopskinville Goblins are That's a great story. That's very um, much like the Dover Demon in terms of cool stories. I They're think kind of aliens, be, though. It might have been confirmed fake, but it's still a good story. Yep. Thunderbirds. Oh, Thunderbirds have to be in Journal 4. I'm actually willing to give that a 10 right now. Just because the idea Ooh. of a giant... California condors are already big. I saw a Thunderbird yeah, when I was cute. a kid. Hold on. We can't we can't uh, leave the podcast without talking about this. Well, we saw um, potentially a condor. We did live in California. Okay, but at the time, I looked this up later, California condors were technically extinct from the wild. So if it was there, it was at least a California condor. People, I am telling you, like, I am not the person... I. I like, I I'm not the person to talk about a, uh, like, s something that I feel like did not happen. And obviously I was a kid, so my, my uh, perception of this situation is going to potentially be different because I was small. And a bird is going to be bigger to me than, bigger than me at scale. Yeah. But I saw the biggest freaking bird that seemed completely impossible to be alive on my like front porch okay i just saw a news article that said endangered california condors were spotted in a near a giant forest near morocco rocket sequoia national forest see so it's like it's not out of the row of pos it, it probably if anything would have been a california <clears throat> condor but it would have been at a time you should not have been able to see one and that alone is thunderbird enough for me um and by the way thunderbirds have actual native american lore that is not yeah. exactly what i'm talking about um but uh, I, I'm thinking more of this in terms of like a really big bird. It could be, I mean, it could still be similar. But yeah. you know, the idea of that existing is more plausible to me than Kongamoto, which is a, a living pterodactyl. Yeah, and there's been a lot of studies that prove why it doesn't make sense for really large mammals to actually exist. Um, like a, a huge bird existing is not very environmentally advantageous. 
So I wouldn't be surprised if it, there was like a population of bird that was huge that was on its way out anyway. And then humans were like, I'd like that on my mantle. And then they were gone for sure. Hmm. Yeah, maybe there, like there are lots of animals that have been hunted to extinction since, I mean, just in the last hundred years. Sure. Is Thunderbird a 10 for you too? I, that's one that I think we should rate. I'll give it an eight. Cool. Um, all right. I think that that's pretty good. Did you come up with anything else while you were looking? Uh, I'll throw dragons on there as the last one. That is perfect. We should close the book on dragons. And there yeah. we have unicorns. We got to have dragons. There are yeah, people I who think, think so. dragons are a real thing. Yeah, there are. Does that mean you're not one of them? <laughs> when you were little, you pretended, you tried to convince me that you were a dragon. You turned into a dragon at night. Do you remember that? I did convince the little girl down the street. Yeah, you almost convinced me. I caused some big problems in that person's life. Oh no. As a result of that misnomer, I lied so hard. I'm not like a compulsive liar, everyone. I tend not to lie. I think honesty is just, I don't know. Lying lying is a lot of effort that I don't feel like putting into anything. When you're a child, um, you make mistakes though. Yeah, I think part of it was just because I thought, I, I, I was under the misnomer that if I believed it hard enough, maybe it would happen. So I, I kept it going, hoping that maybe something magical would happen. Yeah, um, I totally understand that. And, uh, for those who think that's a sad story, no, I found magic in life. I found lots. I found more of it than I could have ever imagined, and I'm good. Yeah, I'm happy. Regular... With... Yeah. Sorry, you're a regular wizard. Yeah, there, there's plenty of magic out there, everyone. Don't go looking too hard, I promise. Yeah, no, I, I stand by it, too. I'm a big, uh, big believer in just the magic of the universe and the magic of the world that we're in, so. Absolutely. Um, what a fantastic set. Sorry, go ahead. No, go for it. What a fantastic sentiment to close us out on. You're sure you don't have anything else before I say such a closing remark? Um, yeah, I'm lying. Go look for the magic. Even if you get scarred, it's worth it. Well said. Magic <laughs> is there, but it's worth looking to. Absolutely. Um, all right, everyone. This has been a ride, and we appreciate you all so much for being a part of it. Again, we hope you continue with us on Expedition Cartoon. But if this is the last time you hear our voices, and listen, I'm going to be honest, I'm not going to be on YouTube much longer. If you made it this long, you're going to know that soon enough. Yep. Um, I would love for you to continue on that podcast journey. Um, thank you so much, everybody. This is, oh my God, we did it, dude. We finished a podcast. We did it. We completed the thing. Woo! party it up and i'm hella proud uh and i am so thankful to you bro for being my creative partner for so long and Amen. doing so many of these things together you have no idea how much it means to me that we have the relationship that we do and are still doing this after all this time you know and the fact that it was gravity bros and it was this uh, there, there's something just you know ridiculously symbolic for for our lives it's kind of wild to step back and think about actually this is, yeah, it's it's very special. And I, I'm happy for uh, that there's a few of you listeners out there that have made it all the way to the end of this two-hour podcast to finish, to really finish it. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I'm i proud. I'm happy. And I love you, man. I love you too, man. This has been awesome. All right. Goodbye, everyone. And, and we love know, all of you too, as, as distant as we possibly can. No, I'm just... I'm skipping the, I'm skipping the club. Wow. I'm going to, I'm really going to go out like that. I'm really going to go out <laughs> on a grammar mistake. Perfect. Uh, <laughs> Perfect. I'm skipping the plugs. Wow. Go find the mystery in your life, everybody. Go find it. It's out there. Subscribe to mystery. 
<laughs> and subscribe to Expedition Cartoon. Goodbye! All right, we got one in there. Peace!